Lemon face? Lion face. You ready to do lemon faces, lion faces? Yep. Lemon face? Lion face. Lemon face? Lion face. I'm stuck in lemon. Come back to lion. I'm stuck in lemon. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so small. It prolapsed out. We're fine. Ah, that's great. Brilliant. Okay. Right. Okay. Hello. Welcome. Bienvenue. Bonjour to Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt. And I'm Chris Taylor. And this is episode two of Hearty Dice Friends, two. where we, a pair of sexy and exciting gentlemen, are going to answer your RPG questions. Whether you want us to or not. That's, it's a great tagline. The other tagline that we're, we're considering is the advice show for a modern age. Wonderfully supplied by a listener. Yeah, it works better written down, I think. Yeah, it is It is. It is a visual joke. Yeah, it only, also only really works if you know what modrons are, which is pretty obscure. Yeah, but I mean, if you're watching an RPG... Watching? If you're listening to an RPG podcast, yeah. chances are you know. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know what modrons are, get out. This is us gatekeeping you fake RPG fans <laughs> right out of the gate. Or indeed, just Google it. We won't notice. <laughs> Yeah, we can't. M- we, we really can't tell. M O D R O N. They're a kind of cube creature, and they're very cute. Chris likes. You're, you're a fan of the modrons, aren't you? I love them. They're um. They're, they're, they're cog fairies. The, yeah, for the elemental cog fairies. That's a much better name. So we are here to answer your questions. Then we've had a deluge of questions come in um, after our very first uh, after our very first and very successful episode of Hearty Dice Friends, but we're also going to be answering questions from the front page and other pages of Reddit slash RPG because that's a, that's more fun. And there's also been a deluge it. there, I mean several thousand. Yeah, they've really come in since our first episode. They've really cranked it up, up and we're, we're very happy with them. So, my question to you, Christopher Taylor. Yes, Grant Howitt. My hearty dice friend, what is the first question? The first question, and I think that you are primed to answer this. Oh, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. Is paranoia? Question mark? Is that the whole question? That's the whole question. Right. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's from the front page of Reddit from a man named, <laughs> from a person named Midnight Dreary. Great name. Great name. Um, my of- answer to this is maybe. I don't. So, so I, I wrote, um, I co-wrote the new edition of Paranoia with James Wallace and Paul Dean, and in fact, we recorded our director's commentary last night. Ah, well, there you go. An ah, insight into development of Paranoia. Yeah, um, we recorded our director's commentary, like everything else in Paranoia, a year and a half late. <laughs> um, so, um, I have already been paid for Paranoia and get no further money if you buy the box set or any of the PDFs. So, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care. If you play the new edition of Paranoia or not, um, I will. I will also say the new edition of Paranoia is going to upset a lot of people because we've changed so many rules and so much of the setting. And if there's one thing RPG people hate, it's change. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I well, quite like the changes personally. I think. I, I think, like as a group, we de- we, we detest change and individually. Yeah. Like, oh, that's interesting. I'll take a look. Yeah. I mean, the, the real reason that I brought up this question is because mm-hmm. I hate when people ask paranoia questions. That they oh, do God. not get an answer. Oh, it really gets my goat. Like, I understand the joke, guys. Mm. I get it. You're Actually, not supposed to question friend computer. But also, could you do that and then I maybe answer my questions in brackets? So like every single every single question someone asks about paranoia is oh, I'm just interested about, about the weapons rules in paranoia. It's, 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 it says on page fifty seven of the XP document that um that slug throwers have a range of, of extreme, but it says somewhere else they have a range of medium, which is right. Are you questioning the ranges of slug throwers made by the glorious computer? Please report to radiation shielding for processing, citizen. And just every single comment is saying how you can't ask questions and like it's it it may have been funny in the eighties. Maybe. But it's not funny anymore. You need to stop. But, I mean, also, you could answer that question and, and stay in keeping with paranoia. Like, the whole point yeah. of it is that nobody knows the rules. You can just say, mm. look, there's a reason. There's probably a reason they're different. Because mm. it literally doesn't matter. One of them is propaganda. Yeah, just just use whichever one. And if anybody suggests the other one, then they're terrorists, communists, whatever they are in yeah. this edition. Yeah. But, God damn. Um, so, yeah. It's just so difficult to get anything done in paranoia (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. A little bit of a little bit of an insight behind the curtain here. I, I never really liked Paranoia that much. No, oh, hence why you changed it. Uh, hence why I changed everything and did it wrong. Uh, but Apparently. I. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, it was such, such a ball ache of a game to play or GM. And I think with the new edition, we've made it a bit easier. Uh, we've adapted some of um, the uh, games mastering techniques that Chris taught me when I was growing up. You're welcome. Uh, which is make no prep whatsoever, aside from maybe a single sentence. Yep. You, I, um, <laughs> I think you can plan too much and think too hard on things. <laughs> like, like the players will do the majority of their work for you. But yes, paranoia, the answer is maybe. Um, what I would rather you do is, if, if you do buy paranoia, um, or like if you're thinking of buying the PDFs, just just get in touch with me, and I'll sell them to you on for cheaper. And that, that way, I'll get the money. <laughs> Don't borrow market with a with a suitcase. <laughs> just just floppy disk drives with paranoia on them. Hey, bruv. All right, mate. You want um, you want a uh, you want a, a, a new rules document from one of the rising stars of indie game development. <laughs> also, you... James Wallace. <laughs> He's not a rising star. No, He's an established so writer. Yeah. Yes, paranoia question mark. I think sums it up. Right. I have a question for you. Go on, Chris. Some premise ideas for a mecha campaign. This, this question has come through from Q underscore ACCT, possibly question account, who, who, who has the flash on Reddit. Yes, I'm a girl. Ah, well. So, madam, milady. thank you very much for sending in your question. Milady, she's on. She's in an RPG thing. You have to go, Milady, I believe. Milady, uh, um, I think that's the law. We had a brilliant um, idea for a mecha campaign a while ago, um, which was you play. Um, it's, it's it's operating off girls und Panzer rules, where um, where every woman um, in the Regency England, when she comes of age, she is uh, she is introduced into society. Um, she is taught the proper ways of being a lady, and she is given access to the family war machine. It was which, it, it was glorious. I really like the idea that that that, that I, I, so like here's a question for you, Chris: the family war machine is it intelligent, and is it like a butler, or is it more like a tractor? I always thought it had a very rudimentary AI. Hmm. Not like a butler who's who's obsequious and, uh, oh, madam, here we go. Please enter the mm. mech today. <laughs> it's more a sort of you know shutting down systems, like a level. dog that can talk. Yeah. Okay. And I have just thought of a name for it. What's that? Petticoats and Panzer Shrek. That's pretty good, man. That could work. Actually, well, actually, just petticoats onto Panzer. Yeah, but because, I like I, I like it, saying it's, Panzer it's, it's Shrek. Armor. You do, yeah. Tank fear. <laughs> Um, those Germans say they don't. They should have had a name. I oh, think. they got they got the best words. Krankenwagen, <laughs> Flammenwerfer. It works, Flammen. Um, and I like the idea that you play um, like you you are put you, you you are thrust into a military campaign where there are there are like lots lots of um, you know swarthy strapping military men who don't really think a woman's place is on the battlefield and believe that mech combat is something which is you know. Strictly a ceremonial endeavor, and uh, and you're and you're trying to prove yourselves by by basically duffing up the French. Yeah. What about you, Chris? You got any ideas for a mech campaign? Because this isn't what she'd asked at all. She's asked for biomechanical robots, which I'm just ignoring. Oh yeah, no. well, I mean, they, they made that game and they made it incomprehensible. It's called Cthulhu Tech. Mm. Oh God, Cthulhu Tech. Poor like, Cthulhu Tech. I love Cthulhu Tech. Why? I will never ever play it. I really like the setting. Hmm. I love the setting books, but the rules are just bobbins. There's so much of it that seems to take place not in a robot, and it's and when it and it's just really wishy-washy about whether or not you can have mechs and tagers <laughs> and people in the same party. It seems to yeah. just you can, but then the game becomes literally unplayable. Well, it's a bit like in um, the uh, Black Crusade, the Chaos expansion for the uh, Dark Heresy system, the Fantasy Flight uh, Warhammer 40,000 role-playing games, where you can have in a party a dude with a pistol, and also an immortal Chaos Space Marine Sorcerer. Oh, useful. It's like, well, I mean, I appreciate that the immortal Chaos Space Marine Sorcerer is going to be perhaps a liability in subtle social situations, but in other news, he can set those on fire. Yeah, I mean, is he just called Mr. Spotlight Time? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a great name for a Slaneshi. Um, <laughs> Mr. Spotlight. Hi, I'm Mr. Spotlight. Shine I have three me. breasts and they're all ready for action. <laughs> One of them's screaming. <laughs> He's my favourite. His name is Clive. <laughs> Don't talk to Clive or make eye contact. I think I think that you know you could I, th- I think you could do very well with with, with Regency Mecha. Yeah. Um, I also think that um, like police mecha is good. So having like a smaller mecha. Yeah, the kind of um, ghost in the shell size mecha. Yeah, rather than city like city size mecha or like Neon Genesis Evangelion because it's very hard to scale to Neon Genesis Evangelion size. Yeah. Uh, when you, when you've got people in and like they become two very different games about one where Shinji gets in the robot and one where Shinji worries about getting in the robot. Yeah, and it's just the second he's actually in the robot, mm-hmm. like the city and the people in it mean absolutely nothing. No, like occasionally, like you might see someone filming him, but it's very, it's very, very rarely referenced. But but when you're taking cover behind people's homes, mm. yeah, like where are they? <laughs> what are they what doing? About their, what about their stuff? What's their story? <laughs> it's short. That's what their story is. It's very short. That's 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 an interesting idea, actually, where you play a um, a liberal anti mecha brigade who are who are really who are like who of course are upset about the kaiju slash angels who are who are romping and stomping all over the city. But in other news, every time you send out a mecha or a um, what they called the Gypsy Rosalie, what are they called the uh, the Jaegers, oh yeah, um, to um, to go fight them, that you end up with half the city destroyed anyway. And like, could we not invest it in a more, you know, a defense net, a yep. wall, affordable healthcare, <laughs> education? <laughs> I mean, just what, what, what are you doing today? I'm picketing. What? What do you, you? I'm picketing a giant robot. I don't think it's going to notice, but it's it's a political statement. <laughs> and Shinji finally overcomes his uh, his fear of piloting the giant robot and breaks the straight lines. Everyone's like, scab. <laughs> <laughs> he finally makes it out, and then his confidence is shattered as he gets pelted with rotten fruit. <laughs> Better game. There you go. We fixed like, Evangelion. I like like corrupt Evangelion union rulers. <laughs> <laughs> the rights of the worker. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. The master's tools will not destroy the mecha kaiju. <laughs> that's it. Communist kaiju. Okay, have you got a question, Chris? Perhaps one from a listener. One from a listener? I do have one from a listener. Okay. Mr. Grant Howitt, mm-hmm. how can I turn my daily commute into an emergent storytelling experience? Who's that from? Turb. That's a great question. A Turb. great name. Is it? I like Turb. He sounds like a. He doesn't sound like a main character. Or she. No, but like. I mean, Turb sounds like a bloke's name as well. Hmm, but there's also. Hello. The... I'm Turb. I'll look after the horses. I think it, I think it's I think it's West Coast. I think it's t- Herb. Oh, I see. What what's Herb short for? Herbert. So presumably this is short for Turbot, which is a fish. So <laughs> <laughs> I so, think a fish writes. How can I turn my daily commute into an emergent storytelling experience? Any ideas, Chris? Very few, aside from just making up a story. Hmm. Giving it the old De Profundis treatment. Yeah, exactly. Just suddenly, if you haven't read De Profundis, do read it. Mm. It's probably yeah. a nightmare to play. I haven't tried, <laughs> um, but it involves real-world things uh, having a Cthuloid stance yeah. put on them. It's a it's a Cthulification game. Yes, there you go. Rather than gamification, so, it's Cthulification. Here's so okay. So to, to uh, what I'm going to do, if you haven't read De Profundis, um, this will sound like a really intelligent idea that I came up with myself. <laughs> the the so let's say every morning on your daily commute, what I want you to do is apply the apply the rule of five from Discordianism, in which you start looking for um, seemingly uh, unconnected elements, which pr- which 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 crop up more than you'd think. And let's say, for example, that, um, and this happens about once a week in London, someone gets in the bus and starts shouting. Let's assume they're all powered by the same intelligence. What, what have they seen that you haven't seen? And similarly, um, what sort of uh, messages can you derive from billboards 
or by looking over people's shoulders and, and, and looking at their text messages. And the emergent story don't don't do that. The emergent storytelling experience, which 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 you have to derive, Turb, is to work out what the conspiracy is that's being gradually and coyly unveiled every morning on your commute into work. Terrifying. Yeah. So the other thing you can do is uh, to simply assume paranoia. Mm-hmm. Take paranoia into yourself and live the paranoia for your commute. Go on. So, for instance, if there is somebody who is always on your bus, they're following you. <laughs> they want something from you. They are tracking you. What do they want? What do they want? Where are they going? Now you follow them. F- follow them. The tables have turned. Mm-hmm. Corner them in an alley and ask them... Demand to know who they're working for. Now, initially, they'll say, "I don't know what you mean," but that's of course that's precisely what they'd say. Liars. If they knew precisely what you meant. Filthy liars. A lot of them. They're working yeah. for him, aren't they? You might never say a name. Just reference him. him, capital H. Also, the bus driver turns up at the same time each day. What's the deal with that? Coincidence. Follow the money. What's really going on? I'm just asking questions here. Yeah, I'm just asking questions. I. I will say as well, like uh, the phrase "I'm just asking questions here" is a brilliant um, rhetorical tool for any sort of online argument, where you can state any any position, no matter how false or ridiculous, and then at the end you say, "I'm just asking questions here." It's, it's ridiculous. Like, like mm. I'm just being devil's advocate. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just being a prick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here. Devil's advocate. Like, I've, I've never seen a devil's advocate work out well. No. I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. I'm just arguing from a position of immense privilege because I do not fear repercussions. I think actually it's. We can boil that down any further. I'm just arguing. <laughs> I'm having a bad day, perhaps a bad life, and I want to upset people. And I wish to, 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 to take that out of myself. Hmm. I'm. Place that hatred onto you. I want to spread that ire. Yeah. That took a weird turn. It did a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Other, other emergent storytelling experiences you can have. Um, you can possibly... So I think a lot of this is, is going from, like, what you do is imagine that you're in an ARG, like a very high-level ARG. So you apply that paranoia, you apply that conspiracy, you try and work out what's going on. But things like, for example, the... Um, oh, probably no one gets bus tickets anymore. It's all, it's all done contactless. But if you got a bus ticket... What the numbers printed on that bus ticket? What's the serial number on that? How do those link together? Go and put them through a uh, through a numerology website and uh, see if that helps. Also, assign people on your commute, like regular people you see every day, a tarot card um, at random or, wh- or whichever you believe is correct, and then see. Uh, and then, depending on, on 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 when they show up and where they sit on the bus, that's your daily spread. That works. Mm-hmm. A bit harder to do, I think. Bit, a bit harder. So the other way to do it, we to flip it. Okay. Um, and rather than having the emergent storytelling experience yourself, you give that emergent storytelling experience to everybody else on your commute. <laughs> so we start with the tarot cards. You, you just say you've been doing that for a while. Mm. All the regulars have their own cards. Mm-hmm. Now your job is to get those uh, those cards into the pockets of those people. Yeah. So when they get home, they have a tarot card in their pocket. I've had an idea. Go. So, like, one, you can do it as a sort of creepy. They've, like, they've got a tarot card in their pocket, and they and like, like they find things written on their mirror in lipstick, that sort of thing. The other idea is, what if, what if you play matchmaker? So you see people who you like, they'd make a beautiful couple. Imagine, <laughs> Im- uh, imagine how gorgeous their kids would be. Let's have them kiss. And so you can't just go up and say, "Hey, you guys, uh, you guys, you, you you guys should frick." You can't do that. <laughs> Whilst holding a handy cam. One of the old nineteen nineties <laughs> large cameras. I was I was just imagining like 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 a smaller one, but like 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 a flip cam held at your chest. <laughs> okay. No, mine, mine takes VHS tapes. Uh, okay. one of those old like early nineties ones the size of Bulgaria. Yeah. From an Eastern European country that no longer exists. Yep. Yeah, the other ones are but- like farm equipment. But the idea, the idea, real tractor parts, you know, it's good. My idea for this is that you have to try and convince people, well, you have to try and arrange it so that people make out. And not on the bus, necessarily, but like... But maybe, that is a high-scoring round. 
that is really and if you can film it send it in to us and we will we will give you more points but like let's say for example you, you like you've got a bag of oranges you drop those oranges and the two people rush to help you pick them up and then oh, they do they're... the rom-com hand thing yeah, their hands touching the same origin. Oh. Like, <laughs> keep it. It's fine. I don't want that filthy floor orange anymore. <laughs> and, may- and-, and maybe they share the orange, and they fall in love. Now, I mean, like, and obviously, problem- obviously, you've written on the orange in Sharpie. We should bang. Like, like Darren Browning, this shit. Yeah, <laughs> getting real subliminal. It's, it's so clever. Um, or like, or like a picture you've made in paint where you've cut and pasted there. Um, <laughs> Their faces onto a wedding photo, and then you've superimposed that onto the orange. Like badly taken, candid pictures on the bus. Yeah, I think like so. Like you've got some problems. Is that one? You don't know of people's current relationship status, whether they're in a monogamous relationship, whether they're taken, um, or also whether their sexualities are compatible. So really, you need to intuit this. I would um, argue that that's just hard mode. Like not intuiting. <laughs> yeah, just you just ignore it entirely. Yeah, and then you still got to try. Because like, um, as as they nearly said in Jurassic Park, love finds a way. And so, like, also, like you don't you don't fall in love with a gender; you fall in love with a person. And I think like if you can get those two people, like if if you can get a gay man and a gay woman to fall in love, that is the that's the highest possible score. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, it's worth a try. Just. Just, just for the, the the sheer fact that you can tell your grandkids that yeah. you threw an orange with the superimposed pictures of two people's faces onto wedding photos at them, and then they got married, and then they the got day. married. I assume I wasn't allowed <laughs> on the buses after that. <laughs> they stopped me when I drew a picture of the bus driver and his bus on an orange. <laughs> Wouldn't that be beautiful, though? Such a romance. I think I think I think there's there's a certain romance in a bus driver and a bus getting married. Yeah, push all those buttons. Oh man, and just 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 imagine like just imagine around the, inside them for hours. Imagine the size of the veil. Like <laughs> 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 like like you could you could have the reveal, right? So yeah. like so like like uh, when like the bride and the groom um, like walk backwards to see each other and then turn around to see how beautiful they look. You just got the you got the bus driver in his bus driver's uniform, and then behind him you just got. <laughs> but with the destination <laughs> plate as love. <laughs> <laughs> what would their kids look like? How would that? Work? Oh, they would. They would need an MOT every six months. I'm imagining like like it's it's, it's like they look like Transformers, but for a red London bus. Yes, but also you know half meat. Yeah, and they'd have like bus driver moustaches and faces. So essentially, what all they look like is if you tried to push a transformer through Mario, <laughs> and just came out the other side, and whatever stuck was was human. It's a me. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> can you do quite? Can you? Can you do a Transformers noise? I seem to remember you can. No, I can't do Transformers noises. Ah, okay. That is, there's another person. That's a shame. I wish I could. I wish you could do any noise. Yeah. It's like it's like. It's it's something along those lines, right? Yeah, it's great. Basically, it's exactly that, right? It's identical. Don't change it. I shan't. Tell everybody who says that's not it that they're wrong and that they should rewatch Transformers. Actual cannibal. I reckon me and Sheer could could do quite a good like indie Transformers film. I think that could work. So like so like it would be a lot of pictures of cars because everyone can film cars. That's fine. We get Transformers toys and shoot them from a distance, and then it's quite it focuses more on the relationship between me and Sheer LaBeouf. <laughs> Grant, do you yeah. have a thing for Sheer LaBeouf? Well, I don't not have a thing for him. I think I think okay so I think that he I didn't like him for a long time and he's gotten so interestingly weird that now that now I support him. But I I mean like Macaulay Culkin's interestingly weird. Macaulay Culkin's weird. I like him. Macaulay Culkin looks like Skeletor. Yeah. He looks yeah. like a supervillain and I'm I think that's great. Like, I think that's a good he, direction for him. He looks like he carries a scalpel, not a knife, a scalpel. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, cushioned with about three kilos of meth. <laughs> yeah, 100%, yeah. Um, do you have a question? Oh, it's, it's me, it's, it's my turn to ask I believe a so. 
I don't know. Okay. This is this, this is this is a serious question. Oh this god, one. no. This one comes in from Grumpy Dragon. What a name. No, and Grumpy Dragon says my god, you've got heaven in my god. Grumpy Dragon says Ooh, lots of adventurers been coming round and stabbing me in my soft underbelly. No, he doesn't say that. They oh. don't say that. Grumpy Dragon says, How do I get my fellow players to use their indoor voices and stop interrupting the GM and talking over each other with non-game chat without making them feel bad and killing the fun or coming across like a big old jerk? Okay, so first off, don't fear the jerk. Yeah. Like, genuinely, real talk here. Sometimes you've got to be a bit of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Just like, guys, stop. We're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Can you just reel it in a notch? You, you you can do that and not be a jerk. I think also, like, you don't have to directly address them. Like, even, like, if, if they're talking over with their... If they're talking over each other with their outdoor voices rather than their indoor voices, if you can just, like, turn things back to the GM and go to the GM, oh, okay, so we're in the tavern. Or, actually, I've got an idea, GM, and just turn things back to the game. So, like, I think that it's, it's very difficult for players to... Because this is the GM's job to control uh, tabletop chat. And it corral. sounds like there's a. Yeah, to corral, to herd players. And it sounds like there's a bit of a, a, bit of a miscommunication between you and the other players. And so just, just try and play the game as hard as you can. So, like, Chris and I used to do this. Um, to the point, to the point when, like, it wasn't where people would, would interrupt us or, like, talk over with silly things, but, like, they'd play wrong. It was so bad. <laughs> They'd play games very boringly, and like they'd take their time and be very reasoned and measured. And we would, and we would find something and crash it into the plot as hard as we could. Yeah, it was uh, it was a simple way of like, you you know that you know a GM's lost control of a group mm-hmm. when all they're doing is focusing on one minute detail forever mm-hmm. that for some reason they can't see is completely inconsequential. Yeah. So what we did was we took the plot, we took a hammer. And we banged it together like pots and pans. Yeah. I mean, just to we, make we, a load we, of noise over by quite, the plot. Yeah. And it's like, here's the plot, guys, because that's that's what the GM wants to do. You know, yeah. like the GM wants to tell a story. And also, I, I, I think I get bored quite easily. And I, I find myself often feeling responsible for the story, which it sounds like you're feeling as well. And, like, crucially, it's about trust. You don't need to worry too much about being solely responsible for the story. Um, but also, have a word with the GM. But not in front of everyone. Just like like send them an email and be like, "Hey, um, I, I I'm getting a bit bored of this out of this outdoor voices thing." Um, I think also one final piece of good advice for a GM, uh, not for you unfortunately, but for if, if you were jamming the game, is to establish an environment. An environment. An environment. Ooh. So having like you have the bit where you turn up and everyone chats and talks about their days and whatever they're doing at the moment what TV shows they're watching and you eat food and you chat and you have a glass of wine whatever and then when it's time to play at that point you put on a certain kind of music or like you change the lighting to go in a certain way or you have certain props and ritual items that you wish you get out maybe you kill a goat and you have and you have you have like a ritual and rite around the idea of okay now we're entering this game space now it's time to play the role playing game yeah I mean you can simplify that right down it's, you can just essentially have the GM go right pizza box off the table show me your phones on silent <laughs> are we good let's go okay, you know you can just knock it down to that level yeah whereas I like establishing an atmosphere um, yes whereas I like establishing an iron fist <laughs> Which you will use to crush players' phones. Yes, and just, just manacle them to the table. I've got a question. We've got a question coming through Twitter. Oh, have we? Because uh, I put out a call for for, for, for questions. Okay. Um, and uh, um, Mickey has sent in a question. Mickey, a chum of mine from oh, Norwich. Oh, Mickey, he's so fine. He's so fine. He blows my mind. Hey, Mickey. Yeah, he's all right. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, He's um he he is solely he's not solely responsible but he has a very good taste in music and he he our, our taste in music combine in that we both have the sort of sexy dance music oh um and I don't know what I don't know what it's called but it's like it's it's, it's like drum and bass but we're hips in anyway I'm getting off I'm getting off topic the you are getting off I'm re- <laughs> I'm nearly done um, to the station. The question that Mickey asks is, let's keep it simple. I know you for your RPGs, but what are your favourite board games to play? Potent. What's your favourite board game to play, Chris? I, I really like Arkham Horror. 
Oh, really? I really love it. Why? I mean, I know why, but why? Because it's so big. <laughs> There's just so much of it. Like, I like a game that takes 20 minutes to to, to, to set up. I mean, like, a, a giant sack of tripe is big. Yes, but that's not really a game. That's more of an oh. awful pit. Mm-hmm. Go on. It, it, it takes a long time to set up and um, play and, it's very... and enjoy and learn. Yes, and and I like that. I like mm. that other people can't play the games I enjoy. I like <laughs> so like I like the atmosphere it creates. Um, I yeah. like the way I like I, I, I like the world it establishes and like you have this sort of like the pulpy. Um, I'm going to enchant this dynamite and throw it in Yogsasoth's. Well, I guess it's its mouth. In his whatever. Yeah, in its in its opening. Um, cloaca. I, 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 I like that cloaca. Such a I like, word. It's it's a beautiful word. I really wish that um. I, I, I think that, that whatever Yogg-Sothoth has, it's a cloaca. Yeah, Maybe toothed. Ooh. Um, my favourite board game to play is... Um, I've been playing a lot of Beasts of Balance recently. Which, which is, is... Complicated buckaroo. It's, it's, it's a lovely game where you have to build a world by stacking really nicely 3D printed animals on top of each other. It's buckaroo. It's buckaroo. Um, crossed with Jenga. But it's also a game where you build a world and you like you have to get the gayest possible animals. Yeah, like they, these animals have to be fabulous. They are pretty tops. And and like if one animal is too fabulous, the other animals get sad and die. Yeah. However, I would like to point out that there is a downside to this beast of burden game. The rules have to be fully explained to you beforehand, mm-hmm. because you have to be aware that it's not a competitive game. Yeah, so we played it. It's it's a cooperative game where you you all work to make the same like the, the, the same nicest world by balancing animals and like tokens on top of each other. And we were playing, and Chris didn't quite get the brief that it wasn't a uh, competitive game, so he was just being an absolute dick. I was trying to win time. because I thought it was a competitive game. <laughs> you were trying to make me mess up and knock over the tower, and I was doing very well. Yeah, well. We're playing a lot of Beats of Burden, um, and that's uh, sorry, Beats of Balance, and that's that's a really lovely game. I can recommend that. But I think my favourite role playing game, my favourite board game to play, is a game called Concept, which is um, which is less of a game. It's, it's more of a parlour game, something along the line of twenty questions, but with a board. And the idea is, you have this French game, and you have a um, this big board with lots of symbols on it, like icons, um, and these represent concepts in in a very broad sense. You might have one which represents um, male. You might have one which represents uh, the colour green. You might have one which represents a sphere. Um, and there's about, I think, 60 of these concepts, maybe 70. And you draw a card, and it has a um, a thing you have to... Ex- a, a concept you have to get across. So let's say, for example, an easy one might be um, crisps. And a difficult one might be a vicious circle. Um, right. And, or like... Um, a fascist government, that sort of thing. And you have to try and explain these through wordlessly by placing tokens on these concepts and linking them together. Okay. And it's so like the like there's a point scoring system which they recommend in the rules you do not use. Well that's that's <laughs> kind I, of them. I like that. Which which I quite like. And the idea is that you just play and have fun. Um like you play and it's a it's it's a mental exercise in in, 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 tr- in trying to in trying to lay out um what in trying to break down a concept into sub-concepts and then exp- and then have have other players intuit those, and I really I really enjoy that. That's a lot of fun. I think I, I like any game also where where it's a team game where you can't say certain words and have to describe the thing. Yeah, those are like, always fun. It's a very popular idea, and um, so like charades or Pictionary or anything where it's a very basic concept which you have to communicate using uh, tools your tools that that, that you're not used to. In in a way that's kind of like. Um... Big idea and snake oil. Oh, big idea! Um, where oh, you, we used, where to, we used you, to play that. We used to play a lot of that, which is mm. just you've got a limited number of words to generate so, a bizarre concept. Nouns and adjectives. Yeah. And you have and so like you might draw. Um, I'm just going to name some random nouns and adjectives. Um, big, round, infinite, and the nouns are pencil, duck. And device. Yeah. So then and you then you choose like the infinite duck. Mm. 
And then you'd have to try and sell that to your players in the big idea. Whereas I would have gone for the big round device. <laughs> what does it do? What doesn't it do? No, I see. I would have gone with Infinite Duck because it's very yeah. useful if you work on a shooting range. That's that, that, that's incredible. Not only does it give you, give you a, targets, a but you'll never get hit by the bullets because you're always ducking. Ah, I see a little play on words there. Yeah, you see. And that, that, that that's the that's the point behind the big idea. And like, unfortunately, the big idea was hampered again with a scoring system that wasn't very good. It yeah, it be, was very the, the meta game. The meta game wasn't fun, and I think Snake Oil. Um, and fun employment are two similar games which don't bother with that. Um, they have a much better way of yeah, dealing with who's the winner. Them. And also, they exist now, unlike the big idea. Good luck buying snake oil. Oh yes, is, is, is it out of print? You can get it in German, or you can pay seventy quid for an English one. I see. Or, wow. or, or, or top tip, top tip, tabletop s- simulator. Simply steal it. <laughs> it's not stealing it if it's on the Steam Workshop. Presumably, it's legit because I'm sure that's curated. <laughs> you found you found nudie playing cards. I did find nudie actually, playing sorry, cards. They're not, they're not actually playing cards. They're just nudie cards, aren't they? Yeah, no. I found I found there's there's a deck of lady cards that you, one What's, might find in, 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 a, in tabletop simulator. I should yes. know, not just like in the woods. No, but the, 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 there are lady cards like you might find in a souvenir shop. Mm. But then just going through this other set of um, random cards, there's just porn. They've managed to sneak pornography into Steam under the guise of a tabletop game. Really so well cool. done. I mean, that's actually quite clever. Yeah. Quite. I suppose to play cards with it. I don't know. <laughs> I assume it's just for like thirteen-year-olds getting some grubby thrills. I guess so. I mean, is that the equivalent of finding porn in the woods now? Oh, Steam no, Workshop. Finding, finding porn on Steam Workshop. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be right because nobody hides porn in the woods anymore. It's like it's interesting. Like because like I think porn in the woods was just before my time. Oh really? Um, well, and also, like, I moved to Portugal. Oh um, yeah, where they don't really have the por- they don't have the porn in the woods. You also um, don't go in the woods because of things that can kill you out there. Well, hornets and the yeah. Portuguese. Come on, man. Well, Portugal anybody can kill you in a wood. Yeah, it, I mean that's very true. Um, but I think that also applies to Brits at that point. That does, yeah. Um, but there is there is a tradition um, in in England that has only recently stopped, I believe, um, of just leaving porn in the woods. Yep. Chris, uh, Gen- you, generally you, inside a hollow tree. If have you, you have, have one. ever found any 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 um, woodland grot? I have. Oh wow! When I were a nipper, what did you find? I found some very boring pornography on the floor in a wood. <laughs> like by today's standards, that was some that was some lackluster pornography. It was. It was. So it was. It was a thing. And I think like when when you got bored of porn, the idea was that you went to the woods. And you left it there, and this this is a thing. This is this is actually a thing because like not everyone could acquire porn, but obviously everyone wanted to look at porn, and so the idea was that you simply left it in the woods, and then those those less fortunate would come and find it. Yeah, it, you generally find someone you're around sort of fourteen ish. Yeah, it's very exciting at that point. And I remember being like so thrilled by the idea of pornography, just like li- li- literally a grubby porn mag. It was like, I mean, like it's covered in mud. What do ladies' bits even look like? I didn't know. Well, not like that in the porn. Well, I mean, that it was a lady with some bits. No, I know, but I'm talking like covered in mud, stood oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, and, that's, and very that's, that's a very porn. niche fetish. Yeah. <laughs> if you're into that, that's fine. But I mean, at 14, that was different. I like to imagine as well that um, like this is this, this is kind of a an unknown army style updating of the idea that, that like you leave bread and milk out for the fairies. Yeah. You got to leave out some like some 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 grot. Yeah, sherry and a and a cookie for Santa, isn't it? <laughs> just, just just leave a VHS pornography on there. You got. You could have leave out a well-thumbed uh, magazine for those horny little red caps. <laughs> a laminated magazine bought in a Greek market. Oh, I'm like, yeah, they were foreign as well. Like, they're like Greek playing cards. Yeah. I still, I, I, I find something. There's, there's something quite charming about sexy playing cards. Yeah, I don't know what it they, is. They're great. There's a certain innocence to them as well, and like, like you're sort of going under the radar with them as well because like they're yeah. never hidden. But it's like here are playing. We're going to play a game with them, but also baps. Yeah. Or willies, you know, yeah. you can have willies as well. Sometimes both. And like, and like, you know, buy one of each deck, shuffle them together, and you're off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> I think off to the races is perhaps not the right word, but yes. 
Do you have a question, Chris? Let's go back to the front page of Reddit. Let's go back to the front page of Reddit. Do you or your players keep track of ammo by Mythian? It depends on the game. Yeah, like survival horror. Yeah. Where you're scraping together the bullets, sure. But any other time, if you've got more than ten bullets, nah, it shouldn't matter. It's like I don't make players keep track of throwing knives. Even no, you have enough knives. You have enough bullets. It's not. It's not very exciting to run out of bullets. I think like um, I've seen games which which do it quite well, where you um, like on a critical fail, um, you've run out of ammo. Yeah. Um, See, my issue is that I don't like I I don't like that particularly Mm. because if I am a gunfighter, say who uses guns. I will know when I run out of yeah, ammo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rather than suddenly being surprised by it. That's fair. And like, I think like it, 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 it suits the horror movie genre horror movie genre quite well because like you're generally dealing with incompetents who are firing a gun for the first time. Yeah. Um, much much like I, I, I personally never fired a gun, much like me. And so I don't know how many bullets that thing's hold that thing that thing's holding. I don't know how many bullets I I've fired. And to have it sort of click 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 just as the monster's coming down on me, that's that's yeah, an that exciting works. moment. That works, but um, one of the issues I have with tracking anything is that it just becomes bookkeepy. Yeah. Like generally, I don't make players track keep track of food. No. Of whether or not their rope is broken. So you might as well track like whether or not they're going to the bathroom. Yeah, breathing in and out, that sort of stuff. But some games handle it really nicely. Uh, games like uh, The One Ring, in their in their travel sections, handle food really nicely. Um. Um, Dungeon World handles it quite nicely as yep. well, in that you have like a a, a, a an ammunition re- an ammunition resource, and then each time you like suffer a like you have a, a simultaneous pass and fail on a check, then you sacrifice one resource to to like to to represent you throwing extra ammo at the problem. Yeah, which which is quite a nice abstraction. I will say, um, I used to play in a game called Slay Industries, which is um, early nineties Thatcherite cyberpunk, Scottish. I, very Scottish. Very Scottish. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. By Thatcher, I mean anti-Thatcher. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it's 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 set on um, on uh, on a planet where it rains all the time, and there's a, there's a there's a weather table which has six different kinds of rain. And, I believe um, they've recently updated their PDF on Drive Through. They have. Yes, they 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 put up some remastered dry, um, uh, scans of it, and it's. It, it's it's like mechanically, I don't, I don't really like the game very much. I think there's too many skills, um, and like it's quite, it's quite a fiddly game. But thematically, it's lots of fun. Um, it's like, um, it's, it's, it's very sort of Nine Inch Nails, um, and um, 2000 AD, and like what, what one of the classes, what, 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 one of the classes, uh, what, one of the races you can play comes with permanent burnt on eyeshadow. Classic. And they're called brain wasters. Perfect. Mm. So happy so, with that. Um, and what um, one of the things that game made a big deal about was the monetization of violence, and so like you had to like guns were quite cheap, but ammo was quite expensive comparatively, and so um, I was playing Andy McFrag, uh, a frother who is a um, a sort of Celtic drug fueled warrior, a dwarf, um, uh, yeah, but tall and on drugs, yeah, but um, just like and, a dwarf, yeah. And so Andy McFrag had a pair of uh, Fen 603s, I believe, and Fen 603s are the standard, uh, the, the standard pistol. And so I had I had my magazines drawn out on my character sheet with my ammo types listed on there, and then I'd cross those off each time I pulled the trigger on a three round burst, and I stacked them in certain ways. Yeah, because you, you stacked them so that different bullets came off on different parts of the three round burst. So like like you'd fire an expensive bullet first, and then and then and then like cheaper bullets uh, for, for for second and third because you couldn't afford to fire high en- high energy armor piercing, high explosive armor piercing. You couldn't afford to fire a three round burst of those because the odds of you hitting with the second and third weren't high enough. Point is that game made like it nickel and dimed you every point of the way, and it made it actually made it fairly interesting. We had a real bastard of a GM called James Moran um, who really fit Slay Industries very well in that he would continually. Uh, charge us for everything, but it actually it, it fit the world and it, it it fit the story that he was telling and we were in. Yeah, and so I I supported that and respected that. But generally, it's if you have more than say six bullets, it's not worth counting them. No, um, the same as with like uh, encumbrance. It's just an ass. 
I think the 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 time I just dis- I discovered the encumbrance rule um, was um, I was in your D and D campaign, Chris, and I asked you about encumbrance, and, and you were like, "Well, I mean, it's okay as long as you don't you, as long as you don't take the piss." What have you got? And I showed you my character sheet, and it had five uh, dwarf-sized sacks of flour on it I'd stolen. Yep, that was taking um, the piss. Yeah, so I had to hire a, a mute child to carry it around. Yes. Anyway, enough about my twelfth level paladin. Yeah, well, quite the paladin. Um. <laughs> let's let's get let's have another question from Reddit. Um, I do have a selection here. Oh, hit me, hit me. Uh, would you like a quick and easy one? That's more of a, a snappy quick and question. Easy, please. Okay. Quick and easy. What would you call a mage that uses guns and swords? This from Ninja Pikachu thirteen thirty, the oldest of the Ninja Pikachu's. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, because like. There's gun mages, yep, and there's sword mages, yep. But gun sword mage doesn't work very well. It's kind of got a man bear pig vibe going to it. Yeah, I think I'd probably go for adept. Okay, what would you call them? You see, the only word that I got tracked in my head for this is gish. Yes, that's a gish you're talking about. Um, is that is that short for gish yankee? Gith yankee. Gith yankee. Yeah, Githyanki are a sonic race that use weapons and magic to bolster their martial prowess. Mm. And that's that's what I call them. That's what I've always called them. Mm. Gishes. They're gishes. Um, and I was just interested to see what what was the first sort of words that came to mind when you when you were thinking about it's them. Adept, I think also possibly Stab Wizard. Stab Wizard is good. Um, punch well, Mage. Punch Mage is good, yeah. Um... Uh, gun boy, warlock of knives, knife lock, knife lock, mm. self locking knife, <laughs> butterfly knife. Is it is that a butterfly that stabs you? Uh huh. Oh, I see. That's a class. That is a class. Um, Mothra, but with a sword <laughs> and a gun. No, <laughs> I, I don't think Mothra can. Because okay, he, he can like shoot loads of them. I mean, they can do basically anything, can't they? There's yeah, there's a kaiju. Things. It's fine. Yeah, um, I can't think of like because Adept did like, that's a Shadowrun, um, yeah, reference, um, which hurts me to make. I can't think of anything that isn't daft. Because, well, the like, D the, uses Magus. Magus is good, and like um, possibly like like Weapon Mage, or, yeah, like ba- Battle Mage, War Mage. I'm trying to think of other ones like the Prestige classes. There's things like Arcane Trickster, Arcane Archer, or Arcane Warrior, Arcane Warrior. Arcane Warrior could work. Arcane Psychic operator. Warrior. They're not really big on names in D&D. What about like a cult operator or a uh, cult agent? I, I like a cult operator because that just brings to mind of those the, those crazy Americans who really love their guns mm. and watch th- thousands of the videos on YouTube of them. Yeah. Always talking about operators. Have you got Have you got a, a slightly heartier question? I do have a slightly heartier hearty question. Hearty boys. What would you look for in a modern military versus alien invasion campaign? This by Browman1. He of the hearty uh. brow. <laughs> what, what sort of brow have you got to have where you take it on as a name? And what sort of brow do you have where you're not the first? Presumably there is, a, there is a... Yes, but there is a Browman. Mm, that's true. The, the prime Browman. Browman Alpha. <laughs> Edith Browman. That was Edith Bowman, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so modern military for... versus alien invasion. What's happening there? Um, I would want some interesting... So it's, 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 a, it's a story, not a, not a system. Yeah, we're looking at the campaign itself, not necessarily the rules. Okay. Um, I'd want us to be a, um, a paramilitary unit, perhaps uh, like in... The, the normal military structures are, bro- structures are broken down, so we're doing what we can, running a resistance effort um, against the aliens because I think one of the problems with the standard military campaign is you go and do the thing yeah um, like the, 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 the act of being in the military is not massively good fun um, which I think a lot, a lot of films about the Vietnam War have tried to illustrate and the, the act of being told to go and do this and then going and doing this is fairly dull um so I would like it to be a resistance effort where players were, were organised into cells and left largely to their own devices with occasional orders and intel coming through from up the command chain. So Delta Green. 
Yeah, but less but military uh, le- yeah, rather less, than less FBI. More, yeah. more more like Red Dawn, but with aliens, I guess. Yeah, I think the big thing for me is the actual alien invasion itself has to have a good reason. Oh, well, rather than we're here, yeah, we're green, get used to it. Exactly, and also like it can't be like signs. I've not seen signs. Ah, well, I'm going to spoil it for you now, everyone. Okay. If they get wet, they die. Oh, like 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 in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Considering the you know the amount of moisture in our air, you think that would have happened sooner. Um, there's a bit where they're running through a cornfield, which I believe has condensation so, on it. Humans are seventy percent poison. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, what's to stop your own invasion? Just going, uh, you're all dead now. Mm. We we can fly through space, therefore we have a virus that just kills humans. Yeah. You I need think, like, you need a good reason, like. I mean, uh, the Marvel comics actually had a lot of good ones where the the alien planets are dying, and they're okay. simply looking for a, a similar planet to co- to, to, to habitate. Mm, habitate. So they can't Hab- just virus bomb it. Yeah, so they need they need it and almost everything in it alive, mm. but they need it subjugated. Which makes sense. I'm, yeah. I'm down with that, and I like that. Um, That's fine. Also, like exploiting natural resources, exploiting humans as well. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but we do make good slaves. We've got opposable thumbs. You try, you try and get, you try and get an ox to be a yeah. butler. You can't. <laughs> I've tried. It just doesn't work. Coming this fall to NBC's at seven PM on Thursday. It's Oxen Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Jeeves, you've offended the tea set again. <laughs> oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. Oh, Jeeves. I, uh, I mean, also we've got tool use. Yeah. And uh, language. Planning. Yeah. Which also, like, unfortunately, a very good me- method to, to to rebel, which is how we get into this. So I think I think basically what I want from a good aliens versus um, military campaign is XCOM two. Yeah, I guess. Um, pretty much that, but like with even less organization than XCOM two. <laughs> so the long war mod. I don't, what, what what's that? It's essentially XCOM two, but stretched out <laughs> and really difficult. Oh, Jesus. And it just gets it gets to the point where it's just like. Um, you know what? I never really liked Russia. Let's just let that. Let's just let that get bit, bit get taken, so we can focus on other countries. Often, the thing I found about XCOM games is that they're too short and too easy. <laughs> yep. Long War fixes all of your problems. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think subjugation is good. Uh, slavery is, is, enslavement is interesting um, and having a, a situation where you are left up to your own devices and also things like I'm interested in capturing alien technology and using it that's that, that's a fun it's a fun mechanic yeah, Again, yeah when you get the laser XCOM, gun I'm just describing XCOM over and over can we try and have an original idea the problem is XCOM kind of nailed it like it really did yeah the, the other kind of interesting alien invasion campaign is where you're three quarters of the way through the invasion already um, and you essentially play the plot of Terminator, but oh, like yeah. like the the resistance part of Terminator, but with aliens instead of the robots. I've had an idea. I've had an original idea for once. Mm. How about the the aliens begin terraforming the planet to suit them? That's good. All right, so, I'll let you have that. So you've got like so so like it takes place in let's say like you're in New York City. But there's weird alien plants growing, and you have to wear gas masks to go outside. And like there's these massive aliens patrolling this, like, like imagining like like um like big like um, brawler beast uh, aliens stomping around the streets, and you're like you're you're doing like hit and run campaigns on them. That's just and Summerland, just, like, isn't it? Is that a role playing game? Yeah, oh, I didn't realize that was aliens. I don't, I don't oh, think it is. I think it's Fey in Summerland. Uh, okay. Well, but. Yeah. Actually, actually, military versus the Fey would be interesting. That it? would be tops, like mm-hmm. a Fey incursion. Yeah, like um, spares. Yes. Uh, was it Michael Moorcock? I want to say um, yes, but I actually I, don't, I, don't think I can't prove it. Um, but um, actually, and that's, that's me spoiling the end of spares. Really, do read spares. It's an incredible book about cloning and um, alternate dimensions. Also, forget and, the ending. And flying malls. There's that. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I really like the idea of like of 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 the Fey turning up, and so like you, I think actually, oh wait, this is Hellboy two. Yep. Shit. Also a good film. <sighs> I liked it. I like big silly films. 
Those are different sentences. It's a good film and I liked it. Don't un- don't correlate. I don't understand. How I like not- The Room. Yeah, that's good. No. Yep. No, it's, it's objectively a terrible film. It's good. No, I mean, you hated it. Yep. I made you watch it. Yeah, you I held you when I watched it. <laughs> I was it crying was, so hard. It was so beautiful, I had to hold someone. <laughs> like It's like at the end of Mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus, and I just had to hug everyone in the room. <laughs> what a film. Um, I'm going to ask you a question now. Go on, I then. Think, I, I think dare you. Up after that. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do you have one last question, or are you done? No. No, I've used up all... I, I'm spent. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Advice for running a fantasy sandbox game? Oh, this is a serious question, isn't it? That is a serious question, and also my best advice is... Good luck, it's harder than it looks. Yeah. Um, I th- actually, I think my advice is to read the um, the Western Marches series of blog posts um, where this guy runs an incredible fantasy sandbox and makes it look deceptively simple. <laughs> Yeah, but, the, like, the they're wonderfully, thing... wonderfully inspiring. I would recommend you Google Western Marches and read them. They are it's, it's this, this chap who does. Um, he has about fifteen players for D and D, and rather than saying, "Okay, we're going to turn up at my house at this time," it's like, "No, like you organize your own games and your own parties, and yeah. you turn up and there's, there's a map, and you'll go out and like there's no like there's no other heroes and there's no there's no real NPCs out there. It's all lost, and so you go out there and you go and do dungeon crawls and discover some stuff, and then come back and update the map." And it's a really cool idea, which requires an incredible brain, which I simply do not possess. Yeah. The other thing is to find the old D&D module Kingmaker, oh, yeah. um, which is built essentially on a hex map. Mm-hmm. Um, and all it does is it denotes what's in that hex map. Yeah. So you can go there, you can go to any, any area at any time. However, it's a bit like an MMO. If you go to the wrong area, you're going to die. So it's about moving forwards, building up a base, pushing out, building up a base, um, and they handle it kind of kind of nicely in there, so that's actually a really useful one to use. But yeah, mainly advice, good luck, it's not easy. <laughs> the Okay, well, uh, the, the, so the final question okay. I have here um, is, do you remember your first tabletop RPG session ever? I do. Okay, why don't you tell us about it? Um... The very very first one was was af- immediately after I'd purchased the uh, what what for my era was the red box D and D, which was in a it went on when I was on a trip to York of all places, um, and I attempted to play it solo in the hotel room. Uh, but the first time with people, I did not fully understand the rules. I was nine, and as such, I invited. Ten people round to play this game. Did they all come? They did. Wow, imagine trying to do that now. I know, right? Imagine trying to do that now that we're like moderately successful role-playing game designers. Still completely get, possible. I can't get together three people for, for a game of D&D on fucking Tuesday. Well, no, because people have jobs. Yeah, that's true. And they're very yeah, tired. It, yeah. And they have obligations. Families and children. Pricks. And diseases. Whatever. Cowards, a lot of them. Um, But yeah, so it was... It was a clusterfuck. Yeah, that was through Real the dungeon of the dungeon of Zanzatem, <laughs> where you escape the jail, or as everybody we kept on calling it, the goal. <laughs> because fuck you guys, I don't care if you're nine; you should know how to read. Um, first, it was just awful. First, oh, sorry. No, it was just awful. It was just my flashing first back. session was actually really good. Oh well, there we go. Um, so I discovered a so I, I discovered a game called Zaibatsu, which is still available online. Um, it's just it's a series of text documents, and it's um, post Gibson Cyberpunk. Um, so the idea is it's basically Gibson, but with um, genetic engineering rather than implants. Okay. And so um, we played this. Uh, we 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 played the adventure in the back of the book uh, where you have to kidnap a. Brazilian um, uh, ecologist um, and stop him from presenting his findings on global warming at a symposium, which would which would dramatically lower the share price of your uh, of your employer, and then simply um, and then simply release him at the end. Social and commentary. Social commentary. Um, more relevant now than when it was written, and um, 
the players started off. Uh, we had we had we uh, there was two players, and we didn't know what to do really in terms of role playing, and we didn't have normal dice, so we used poker dice and translated the symbols into numbers. <laughs> um, and we played for about six hours. Um, I immediately started changing the rules um, as I was playing. I invented cool points. Wow! Yeah, uh, so, so that you could spend a cool point to do something cool. I mean, that's um, that, it's, a, it's a good rule, but also best name grant. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that um, I've not progressed at all. No, now they're called radical skills. <laughs> Off the wall mojo. They're super tubular. And <laughs> uh, you can't tell that I'm doing that thing where I, I hold my hand in like in like I, put, I extend my my little finger and thumb and waggle my hand side to side. Yeah, because it's wicked. Yeah. Um, God, people still say wicked, don't they? Um, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm saying. I, I, I think they say bear. No. I have never, never been in touch with the lingo. Or like, or like, like allow that is something which people were saying about 10, 15 years ago. Oh, really? Peng. I'm... Peng's a thing. Peng is not a thing. That's people a, say that, peng now. That's, that, that's the people who sponsor golf umbrellas. That's ping, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, that is ping. Yeah. Yeah. Peng means, um, like, good, I believe. Where do they get them? Who's um, who's peddling these words to our kids? What kind of unlicensed word hustlers oh, it's, it's are poisoning filth. poisoning the brains of our children with words like "peng" and "bear" and "loudat"? Loudat. Allow that, which means do not allow that. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it! Kids are so confusing. Yeah, I know. Just stick with "cool" and "dope" and words I understand. Dope. <laughs> Cool, cool's injured, thankfully. Cool's what? Cool has injured. Oh, injured. Sorry, I thought it was a new word. I thought it said cool is injured. <laughs> like, on I don't fleek, know what these that's words. A thing. On fleek, you know that one. I do know that one. Yeah, which uh, we can't say that's appropriative, but hey ho. But I like it. It's such a good. It sounds oh, nice. That's a shame. <laughs> but it sounds nice. I know, but you can't say it. I'm really sorry. It's rubbish. It's not for you. Not everything's for you, I'm afraid. Everything is for me. As as, as a 30-year-old, 31-year-old white man, everything is for me, and I get that upset is, when anyone tries to tell me it isn't. That is correct. How dare they? So we we played a role-playing game, and um, the very first thing the players did was stuff the Brazilian um, a, a climate change scientist into a cat box and then forget about him in the back of a car. Cat boxes are small. Yeah, they rolled really badly on the find something to push him into. <laughs> um, check. Which, again, again, a rule I made up. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, they did that, and they had a fun time. Uh, I don't believe he died, but they got raided at the end, and um, one of my players spent a cool point to uh, kill a load of guys with a, with a stolen laser gun, and that was really cool. Excellent. Um, so that was my first role playing experience, and then I went on to only run stupid games for that for that crew because they couldn't play anything serious. And so, like we had, uh, we they 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 played vampires, um, who ha- who happened to just go to the mall that we used to go to and dick about, and what <laughs> because because I couldn't think of maps, and so like uh, one of them had the uh, had had the drawback must cartwheel everywhere and severe brittle bone syndrome. <laughs> That's really just, harsh. Just, it's a bad really, combo. Really, I didn't. I didn't pick that for him. Wow. Uh, he insisted we did that, and like, I had one game which was like, which was like drop in, drop out. Um, I ran at school for about six weeks, which was the idea in which terrorists had raided the school, and so you'd um, like you just play yourself, but with guns and, and like and pr- probably drugs as well, because I thought drugs were really cool. I still think drugs are very cool, <laughs> but I was I really thought they were cool back in those days. Oh my. Um, um, and so, like they, they they defended the school from 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 attack and uh, duct tape each other to um, office chairs. So that was that was my role picks. And then I met Chris, and then he got me onto the harder stuff like D and D. That's right. <laughs> Chuck away those gateway games. Pushed me right into D and D three point five and had me leveling up a ranger in minutes. Enjoy this smack. So that's us for this week. Thank you very much for writing in, both to us and to RPG and to the Twitter. And to the Twitter. Um, Somebody tweeted a twip. A tw- yeah, I don't know the you, vocabulary. Tweet, man. It's just tweet. All the words are tweet. Tweet a, tweet a tweet sounds terrible. If you want to get in touch with us, um, also I should note this podcast is on iTunes. 
Um, so please rate and review us on iTunes, but only if you like us. If you don't like us, don't bother. Yeah, it's just um, weird if you do it and but, you don't but like, like it. But like, if you if you give us a five star rating and um, and say we're good, then other people can find us. But also be honest. Like, like a three is good. No, it needs to be five. Does it have to be five? Yeah, pretty what? much. Otherwise, otherwise we can't get anywhere. So like five or nothing is really that's all I'm after. I'm gonna, oh I'm gonna really? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, pretty. That much. That seems like a broken metric. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but um, also, uh, we're on SoundCloud as well, which is poss- possibly how you're listening to this. Um, but if uh, if, you're, if 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 you if you want to download the podcast, it's available through a download link on SoundCloud. Um, I am on Twitter at GS Howitt, G S H O W I T T. If you want to tweet me some questions, and Chris, what's your Twitter handle at the moment? So my my tw- I, I had some tech issues with this goddamn Twitter. My Twitter handle has changed. Okay. It is now the the, the name I use everywhere, which is the Madigan. That's the Madigan two Ds one G. Um, tweet at us. Um, tell us you love us because we are hungry for your love. We we, we genuinely need approval. We crave approval. Otherwise, why the hell would we release a podcast? Right. Thank thank you for listening. Um, and please send us some questions uh, so we can answer them next week with our traditional trademark style of banter and fun times. Bounce. That's a word kids use. No. Shit. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.